0: With NASA's Exploration Ground Systems program successfully removed the Artemis 1 Orion spacecraft from the USS Portland on December 14th after the ship arrived at the US Naval Base San Diego a day earlier. And the spacecraft splashed down December 11th in the Pacific Ocean, west of Baja, California, after it completed a 1.4 million mile journey beyond the moon and back and was recovered by NASA's landing and recovery team and personnel from the Department Of Defense. Engineers will conduct inspections around the spacecraft's windows before installing hard covers and deflating five airbags on the crew module uprighting system in preparation for the final leg of Orion's journey over land, and it will be loaded on a truck and transported back to the agency's Kennedy Space Center in Florida for post-flight analysis. Before its departure, teams will open up Orion's hatch as part of the preparation's for the trip to Kennedy Space Center and remove the Biology Experiment 1 payload, which flew on board Orion. This experiment involves using plant seeds, fungi, yeast, and algae to study the effects of space radiation before sending humans to the moon and eventually to the red planet of Mars. Removing the payload prior to Orion's return to Kennedy allows scientists to begin their analysis before the samples begin to degrade. And once it arrives at Kennedy, Orion will be delivered to the multi-payload processing facility where additional payloads will be taken out. Its heat shield and other elements will be removed for analysis and remaining hazards will be offloaded. They'll also be gathering data from the trip throughout this whole time and be studying that data for the Artemis 2 missions in the future. Now that the uncrewed Artemis 1 test flight is over, Artemis 2 is on the way. This will be the first test flight of an Artemis mission with a crew on board. NASA administrator Bill Nelson said he's frustrated with how the Orion capsule is going to be reprocessed for the Artemis II mission. He vented about it this summer. He said, I have been raising Cain, and if this first mission is successful and meets the goals and is safe for the astronauts, why can't we get it done quicker than two years from now? He said it takes them two years to take the avionics out and redo them, which is very frustrating to me, but it is what it is. And in order to save money... They take the avionics out of the Orion capsule from the Artemis 1 mission, refurbish them, and add them to the Orion capsule for the Artemis 2 mission. And there's going to be astronauts on board the Artemis 2 flight. Three will be from NASA, and one will be Canadian, part of an agreement from the uh, Canadian Space Agency's participation in the Artemis program. This is a multinational program, and NASA hasn't yet announced who will fly on the mission. On December 14th, NASA conducted the first test of the newly redesigned RS-25 engines for future flights of the SLS Space Launch System rocket. And about midway through this hot fire test, it was shut down early, By a non-flight system used to monitor the engine, NASA and the Space Launch System lead engineer contractor Aerojet Rocketdyne are analyzing the data to review the monitoring system, evaluate the engine performance, and identify the reason for the early cutoff. And because the test was being done for redesigned engines and support for Artemis 5 and beyond, no impacts to Artemis RS-25 hardware for earlier missions is expected. A spokesperson for NASA said much like launch, test campaigns are dynamic events that allow us to learn more about the SLS rocket hardware. NASA and Aerojet Rocketdyne teams were successful in running the first test of the new RS-25 restart engine for 209.5 seconds. That will help power future missions with the SLS rocket. Preliminary data indicates the engine was performing normally Data analysis is underway. And this test is a single engine hot fire known as a confidence test. It was designed to confirm all is ready to proceed with a series of certification tests early next year on a full RS 25 certification engine. NASA and the company modified 16 of the engines remaining after the Space Shuttle program for use on Artemis mission 1 through 4. The upcoming series of tests for the RS-25 engines that will be used beginning with the Artemis V program. And they said each test, even one that does not go full duration, helps us gather valuable data and helps us prepare to fly safely. And if we move on to the biggest Artemis launch, Artemis Three, it's scheduled for no earlier than 2025. And during the Apollo moon landings in the 1960s and 70s, there was a lunar lander that was packed on top of the Saturn V rocket. The lander for Artemis 3, though, it's going to be a starship. It's going to be a huge 150 foot tall rocket. And the lunar starship will be launched separately from the SLS rocket and the Orion spacecraft. More starships will then launch to refill the propellant tanks of the lunar starship before it leaves Earth's orbit. And then it'll head to the moon. At the moon, the starship lander will enter what is known as a near rectilinear halo orbit or NRHO, It's tough to say these things. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I'm here as a news guy and I want to talk to you like a normal human being, but sometimes you mess up. So the near rectilinear halo orbit, the N R H O and halo orbits are influenced by gravities of two bodies, the earth and the moon in this case which helps stabilize the orbit. And they minimize the amount of propellant that's needed to keep a spacecraft, the Starship, circling the moon. So a spacecraft in this orbit never passes behind the moon, though, where communications are cut off from Earth and from NASA and SpaceX. So once the Starship is in orbit around the moon, the SLS rocket will send four astronauts in Orion capsule to the same orbit. And the Orion will then dock with the starship, and two of the astronauts will move to the starship rocket, and then they will land on the surface of the moon's south pole. And the other two astronauts, which are still inside the Orion capsule, they're going to be orbiting the moon. And after a week or so on the surface of the moon, the two people on the surface will take off in a starship and rendezvous with the Orion Space Capsule in orbit. The Orion Space Capsule will then take the four astronauts back to the surface of the Earth. NASA has 13 potential landing sites near the Moon's South Pole, and the astronauts aboard Artemis 4 will head to the Gateway, which is a lunar outpost. It's a space station in orbit around the Moon. It'll be built in the same near-rectilinear Halo Orbit used for the Artemis 3 mission. So they're testing things as they're building things and they're building things as they're testing things. And that mission will use a SLS space launch system rocket with an upgraded second stage. And it provides enough power to take along Gateway's habitat module. And originally NASA planned for Artemis 4 to focus on the construction of the Gateway. But this year... It decided that the mission would also include a trip to the lunar surface. NASA announced SpaceX would provide the lander for Artemis 4 now. It was just Artemis 3 before, but now it's Artemis 4 as well. And for Artemis 5 and later missions, the lunar lander will be docked at the gateway. And astronauts will arrive at the gateway on Orion and then move to the lander for the journey to the lunar surface. Now, could this be a starship? For future missions. Well, there's more companies bidding for other lunar landers in the future. And one of them is Blue Origin. Jeff Bezos' company, which makes kind of fun rockets right now. They take people on a fun ride to the edge of space. And then they parachute back safely to the surface of the Earth. And they don't have anything, a big rocket, so to speak, produced quite yet but they are producing a lunar lander. And NASA would then run a competition for future lunar landers, similar to how it hired companies to take cargo and astronauts to the International Space Station. All these private companies bidding for the money that NASA is going to send them, and then they will send the astronauts to the surface of the moon. Now, this is a long process for these companies to be selected for a lunar lander, and also for them to build and human rate these lunar landers. NASA has to human rate the lander in order for people to be on board of it and to send it to the surface of the moon. Now, NASA has not done that for a SpaceX Starship yet. SpaceX haven't even launched a Starship yet. They've done some smaller Earth-bound launches in Boca Chica, Texas, they haven't launched a booster yet. They've done static fires of a booster, but they haven't launched anything to Orbia. And they plan on doing that relatively soon by hopefully early next year. NASA administrator earlier this year said he was hoping that SpaceX would be on the right track to launch a starship by the end of this year. And Elon Musk also backed him up and said, we want to do it by the end of December. And there's a possibility, but it's a very small possibility. We're in the middle of December right now. We have about 13 days left before SpaceX can actually launch a orbital flight and make it by the end of the year, unless they do a ton of testing in the next 13 days, SpaceX isn't going to make it by the end of this year. They're going to have to wait till the early parts of next year. And that's totally fine. SpaceX should wait until the Starship and the super heavy launch system is ready. And speaking of testing Starship, Booster 7, when it fired its final 11 boosters recently, destroyed the concrete under the pad of the orbital launch mount, the OLM. So SpaceX had to go under the pad. They had to fix it up and they also had to reinforce the launch pad because they're not sure exactly how much force this is going to put on the pad, but they're getting data every time they do it. Now, they just recently, over the last few days, moved booster nine down to the launch pad. They're going to be doing some pressure testing on booster 9 over the next week and booster 7 has been moved back to the to the high bay at SpaceX's Starbase in Boca Chica so they're working on that booster booster 7 and Booster 9, like I said, is at the pad. It's down at the, the launch area. So they're going to be doing those testings. They're going to do cryogenic tests, possibly. So that's going to take up some time. Those going to take up some days before SpaceX brings the Booster 7 back down to the orbital launch mount. They have to take a day to mount it, spin up some tests to make sure that everything fits right. And they also have to make sure that, you know, the the engines are properly. And they moved the booster back to the uh, high bay so they could check all the systems. Now, is it possible that the booster is almost ready for flight? And is it possible that the orbital launch mount is ready for flight? Well, there's a high possibility that SpaceX is creeping ever so closer to the orbital flight test later this year or very early next year. So if they do the booster seven test, if they don't just skip it, what if they skip booster seven and they go straight to booster nine? Because the weld on Booster 9 is far superior to Booster 7. It looks like the whole booster is far superior to Booster 7. So why wouldn't they go from Booster 7 and go to Booster 9, the upgraded version, and have a great first launch instead of maybe something could possibly be wrong with Booster 7? Maybe that's why they took it back to the bay. We're not 100% sure. So there's a possibility that they're moving Booster 9 down there to do the very beginning testing phases of a launch of booster nine instead of booster seven they've done this before they've done this with numerous boosters before and they have moved all those boosters back to the high bay and they've tested them out they've checked them out and some of them they just moved right to the rocket garden so they could possibly be moving booster seven to the uh, the big scrap heap in the sky maybe that's where booster seven's going I I'm not hundred percent sure what's going on here because. SpaceX likes to keep us on our toes. They like to move things around and they might, they'd like to move real fast. So if it's going to be booster nine, it's going to be months of testing before they get it ready for a flight. But if it is booster seven, Elon said that there's a possibility that they could have a 33 engine test, which also equates to a 33 engine launch because They're going to have to stack the Starship on top of the booster, get it ready. have to do a full cryo test on that. They're going to have to do a full, basically internal test of the systems to make sure everything works properly before they fly the thing. And then they're going to have to move all of those systems from, you know, they had to move booster 9 out of the way, but they also have to make sure those systems work and also get it ready for launch. And once it's ready for launch, Elon said, if the 33 engines work, then we're just going to fly it. We're not going to worry about it, you know? And then he kind of stepped it back a little bit and said, "Uh, we're going to be very cautious. So we're not 100% sure where Elon's at with this one, because at one point he said that they're going to kind of throw caution to the wind and fly this thing as soon as possible. But the important thing here is the HLS mission. SpaceX has to have the HLS mission be very successful. They have to make sure that they hit all the deadlines. They have internal deadlines they have to hit. They have NASA deadlines they have to hit. They want to land a starship on the moon in 2023 as a test for the, the Artemis three missions. So they want to land something on there in a couple of years and, or in a year, I mean, it's 20, it's the end of 2022 now. So they want to land it there by the end of next year, late next year. And if that's a possibility, they're going to have to hustle real fast to get to orbit. And once they get to orbit, they have to figure out how to actually fuel a starship in orbit in order for it to have enough thrust to get to the lunar surface. So there's a, there's a huge amount of things that need to be done in order for starship to get to the lunar surface. Now, is that saying that SpaceX is going to slow down? Not at all. Not at all. SpaceX is probably going to actually go faster because they have to get these jobs done. They're a contractor for NASA. They're a contractor for the biggest and most loved organization of the U S government. So of course they're going to move fast. And of course they're going to do the best thing and the most impressive thing, which would be send a booster to orbit, send a, uh, a, a starship to orbit. I should say not a booster. And when they do that, they will have proved a huge amount of engineering and science that nobody thought was possible just 10 years ago. I mean, Falcon 9, Falcon 9 is a huge thing. It's a huge engineering achievement, the way that they land the Falcon 9. But moving past that, you know, moving past that to literally the largest rocket and the most powerful rocket that's ever been built. And it also refuels in orbit and also can go to the moon and then it could go to Mars and can take people to earth orbit. I, that's, that's insane. That's incredible. So I'm excited for the next year for, uh, for SpaceX and I'm excited for even the next few weeks for the booster nine. I want to see what they do with that. And also there's some road closures coming up for SpaceX at uh, Boca Chica in Texas. So we have one for December 20th, 21st, and 22nd. The 20th is 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And there's one also for the 19th, which is Monday. And then there's one for Wednesday. And then there's one for Thursday of next week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, they could possibly get all the pressure tests and cryogenic tests out of the way for booster nine this next week, Monday through Thursday, and then move booster nine back to the, the bay. And then possibly bring booster seven back out to the launch site. There's, there's a lot of possibilities here, or if they're going to scrap booster seven, just continue with the testing of booster Nine. Booster 9 doesn't even have engines yet. So they have to do fill tests and cryo tests and all that stuff before they do any sort of test fires with this thing. But they may have learned a lot from booster eight or booster seven. I'm sorry, booster seven, and then use that sort of data to improve booster nine before it moved out to the pad we'll see we'll see and maybe they they might be able to use those booster seven engines on booster nine and just swap them out maybe that's what they're doing now maybe they're removing booster seven engines in the next week and also testing booster nine and getting it ready to mount the engines on it that would be incredible that'd be incredible so that's about it for now thank you so much for listening i do appreciate you make sure to subscribe in your podcast app take care of yourselves and each other and i'll see you next time